Welcome to Thesis, a podcast about trends in higher education systems in international spheres, exploring the field of higher education across the world. I'm your host, Kelly Davis. Today, we have a bonus episode. You may remember the third episode of this season, where we spoke with Martina Kubler about Arbeiterkind.de, an organization created to serve first-generation students in Germany and help them see that higher education is a possibility, should they wish to pursue it. If you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out. Today, we have a special conversation with Yvonne Hesse, one of the organization's volunteers, to hear her perspective, working firsthand with the students that Arbeiterkind.de serves. Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Thesis. I am super excited because we have Yvonne Hessa with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Yvonne is actually a volunteer at the organization which you heard on a previous episode where we spoke with Martina Kubler from Arbeiterkinde.de. So as we mentioned in that episode, Arbeiterkinde.de is a organization which gathers lots of volunteers to help work with Arbeiterkinde or first-generation students in Germany. So we heard from Martina, who speaks from the coordinator perspective, from somebody who works for the organization. And today we're going to be talking to Yvonne, who is a volunteer and works with the students herself. So we're really excited to bring this as as kind of an extra episode for those of you who are very interested in that discussion that we had with Martina. And we'll be building off of that a little bit today. So to get us started, Yvonne, can you tell us about how you heard about Abatikinde'e and what inspired you to start volunteering with the organization? Actually, I am a first-generation student myself, and when I was in high school, I was um, seeking for, you know, information and somehow also advice. And then I went to one of those fairs where you can, you know, find out about like vocational training, higher education, and so on and so forth. And that was my first contact with Arbeiterkind.de. But beforehand, I already read about it in the newspaper, and I also found the webpage and actually, it was highly appealing for me because at that time, as far as I know, that was basically the only organization of that kind who basically addressed first-generation students. And for me, it was really helpful, you know, to talk to students because at that time I was about like, 17, maybe 18, I don't know, to talk to a person who's not that much older than me, person I share, you know, background with somehow. And that actually helped me a lot more than, you know, just go to a career center, for example, and get information because, I mean, I can Google myself regarding fields of study and so on and so forth. But for me, it was important to have firsthand experience. Like, what is this like when you are first generation student and you attend university in Germany. Even at that time, because um, this experience was really valuable and important to me, I thought, well, as soon as I'm attending university, because I took a gap year to work in the United States before um, attending university in Germany, I want to give back and I also want to be a volunteer. And then I started volunteering basically as soon as I entered university. So right, yeah, right away. That's great. So Then were you kind of almost like a peer volunteer helping the students because you were fairly close in age at that point? 
Right. So I'm still working with students in high school, sometimes even in middle school. It depends. Also, of course, at the university level, sometimes also with parents, even because some parents, they're just interested because they feel like, well, I did not attend university, but my children, they want to and they, you know, they want some information, some advice, some perspectives from us. But overall, it was always very interesting, very valuable process, in my opinion, um, for them and also for myself. Like from my experience, the mentor, also mentees, they grow together somehow, personality wise and so on and so forth. And I was always very happy, very pleased to be able to assist others who are the first person in their families to attend university. And you mentioned that you work with students who are at what we might call the high school level and also the middle school level. And I think we mentioned in the episode with Martina, we, I think we talked a little bit about how in Germany, there's different school tracking. So essentially, when you're 10, you kind of go into these different, right. two different routes, right? Is it two three, or three? Three. Three, three yes. And then yeah. I um, mean, somehow even four sometimes, it mm. depends. Mm-hmm. Like, because there is basically Hauptschule, Realschule, Gymnasium, but also Gesamtschule, which is Gesamtschule. It's somehow comprehensive school. It's probably, I'd say, the system that is most similar to what a lot of other countries have, actually. Mm. And is it kind of, uh, is Gesamtschule where you have kind of everyone together? Right, right. right. Yes. Gesamt, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're working with students and and just for the audience, these are just, they kind of, these different types of schools lead you to a different track. So gymnasium, you're going towards a more academic track typically. And there are sometimes ways to get into the academic track, into university if you aren't in gymnasium, but it's very difficult. So, but I'm just curious, you know, in which levels are you working with students? Is it just in gymnasium or is it also in Realschule? Well, it depends. So here in Kassel, where I live, I mostly work with Gesamtschule comprehensive schools, but also with gymnasium, but also with basically adult education. Because some people, for example, they come back to get the Abitur, which is basically the high school, high school diploma that you can attend university with or one of the ways. There are others in Germany, but regarding Arbeiterkind in general, we are working with all kinds of schools but you know regionally it always depends on which school is interested and so on and so forth yeah and what kinds of activities are you participating in what are you doing with the students who you meet in German, it's called Schulgespräch. It's, so to speak, informative conversation with the students on university life as a student, educational opportunities regarding study abroad, working abroad, and so on and so forth. We have a lot of room for questions, of course. We also talk with them regarding myths. Basically, because a lot of them, for example, they think they might not be able to afford university. And university in Germany is tuition-free, but that's not always known by everyone. So that's, for example, one of the points. Or some students, they think, well, attending university is way too difficult for me because they might not, you know, they haven't really talked to a person who actually did that. 
Also scholarships, because I received a highly prestigious and selective scholarship when I was a student. And that's also not that well known, especially within our target group. So that's also very important to keep in mind. We actually have workshops where we keep in mind that the students will be the first people in their families to attend university. Also, some of them are the first who attend the gymnasium, for example. And of course, we also talk about some challenges the students might face. Also, sometimes there are difficulties in the families when students wish to go on to higher education, to university education, for example. And we also offer, for example, regarding scholarships to check on the applications, the letter of motivation and so on. And so it's also a lot of storytelling. For example, I would basically do some storytelling, how I got my scholarship. And then we also offer mentoring so students who wish to get a little bit more support, even like one-to-one support for a longer period of time. So yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell somehow. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, there's so much that's being offered and so much information that's being shared with the students. And you mentioned that they, there's these different challenges that come up and, and what you're really trying to do is tackle some of those by providing the information kind of been reflecting on what the student, the problems that they come to you with or the questions that they have. What do you think is the most helpful thing that Abatikind is providing this group of students as they navigate approaching and entering higher education? I believe it's human connection. Like the fact that another person is there who has experience and also shared background to assist them with whatever kind of challenge might come up. Or even sometimes people believe that certain situation will be very, very challenging. But, you know, when they know there is a person who can answer my questions, who can help me, maybe it never comes up or it can be solved really quickly. And that actually also gives them a lot of self-confidence, I think. And it also helps them to solve certain situations by themselves with some support on my part or even without and because that gives them in my opinion a lot of self-confidence simply so kind of the guidance as they as they navigate all of these maybe sometimes not giving them the answers or or in a sense there are times when they get to make the decision on their own right and and sometimes it's also you know just important that there is a person who listens to them a lot of them said that that's one of the things they enjoyed the most it must feel very gratifying when you're working yeah, with right. students. Totally. So when I talked with Martina, we talked about how Arbatican is essentially giving this information, making sure that students know all of their options, which are available to them, you know, and that's provided through discussing the scholarships available, I'm sure through guiding them through the loan system, BAFUG, and all sorts of maybe some fun administrative things. One of those elements that they get to decide is if they really want to even pursue university specifically or more academic pursuits. And the idea is to say, this is something that that you can do because their parents have likely gone in a different direction. And so maybe they didn't think it was for them. 
sometimes that you know it's also that they know that they can still attend Ausbildungen or get an apprenticeship, pursue vocational education if that's what they want to do. You work with students who maybe weren't aware that higher education was for them. What was their reaction when they realized it was something that they could receive and also get support with? I feel like to a lot of them, it was kind of a positive surprise somehow. Because once I had a student who always thought that she will go on to do an Ausbildung after the Abitur. And I mean, both of her parents, they did the Ausbildung as well. And that's the reason why she should do the Ausbildung instead of attending university. But then we were basically talking to her about what attending university is like, how that works, how you can pay for it, and that she can work and, you know, a lot of different things that she can do study abroad as well if she wants to. And then it actually helped her to have her own point of view on what she wants to do. Another topic what I often encounter when I'm working with students in high school, for example, younger students, they often watch movies and so on, Netflix, YouTube, whatsoever. And often the movies, they are, for example, from the US, where you pay like a lot of tuition to the universities. Also in other countries, UK and so on and so forth. Um, so students, they often believe that they have to pay also tuition in Germany and that it's very expensive. So that's one of the myths that prevents students, especially first-generation students, from even thinking about attending university. That's fascinating. It's like a flip when you tell people from the US that it's tuition free in Germany, you know, their yeah. minds are blown. They're like, yeah. what is going on in my country? And our media is so pervasive that it's literally, I don't know, brainwashing is kind of a strong word. There's no agenda to make yeah. students in Germany think they have to pay US prices. <laughs> but wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. But very, yeah, very real thing to tackle. And I would not have expected that. That's such a surprise to me. And also, there are students who do not know what they can do after graduating university. So where can you work with a bachelor's degree or master's degree in whatever kind of field? And we were also often talking to them regarding their options afterwards, earning potential, and so on and so forth. And for most of them, that also helps them to decide what they want to do, because most of them, they already have a lot of knowledge regarding vo vocational education from their families. And that's actually everything regarding university and university life, life as a student, how to pay for college and so on. That's basically the other components, so to speak. And afterwards, then they can decide and, or, and start thinking about it, what they really want. And most of them, either they were already sure that they want to attend university when they were coming to um, do mentoring, or they were not 100% sure. So they were still Still, you know, thinking about certain options. I would say the majority, especially when high school students are, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, they are still more or less undecided or they have vague wishes regarding their goals after graduating high school. 
Yeah, it's understandable. I think that's a very relatable one across different countries around the world. There's so much we don't know going into higher education or just post-secondary education in terms of what we might be able to do afterwards and how to navigate. But there are people who certainly have a lot, you know, they have some idea based on what their parents do. They have some knowledge about those, those pathways. But I mean, are there many students who you work with who do end up selecting the vocational training route? Or is that something, do you see that less often? Actually, I see that less often because I feel like that has a much more to do with how our offerings are advertised. Students who sign up for mentoring, most of them, they have already very clear topics they want to talk about. We have also our own online platform and there's also a forum. There are even very young students, like in the age of 14, 15, who heard about it, who will be the first ones to attend college. And they often ask for information, advice and experience regarding a certain subject of study or field of study. So they already have a very clear idea on what they want to do, that they want to attend university, what they want to major in. Sometimes there are students who are already attending university who want to reconsider their decision. That sometimes happens, either regarding that they don't know how to switch major or some of them even think about doing the Ausbildung instead. But that's also nothing that happens really often. Most of the time, either Either they come because they want to have information, advice, and also insights regarding the scholarship I had, or because there are some challenges in the family, because they are attending university or want to attend university, or even sometimes when I work with younger students, when students wish to attend school after grade 9 or 10. Once a student came to me and he basically wanted to talk about a couple of things regarding the scholarship. And then he actually said when he was expressing the wish to do the Abitur, his parents, they kicked him out. So that's intense. Yeah, that's basically, I would say, the most intense situation regarding that topic I, I heard of, at least with my like firsthand experience as a mentor and a volunteer. And, and why was that? Was it, you know, his, his parents wanted him to pursue a f- specific vocational track or was it something else? It was actually, they did not want him to attend high school for some more years and receive the Abitur and go on to college because... I think there are a lot of parents who fear that the children might change a lot and that they would change in a way that they, the parents at least perceive it that this change could lead the children to not to want to be part of the family or something like that. There are also families where higher education is not maybe valued or that much, but that's often also because the parents, they don't know much about it, probably. So parents in Germany, they have to pay support when you attend university for the first time or when, you, when you're doing vocational education and you're not earning that much money. So, and some parents say, well, you could do vocational education instead because that would not cost us any money, so to speak. In some cases, it's also that the BAföG does not always include all kinds of family financial situations that exist. That is a problem. 
Yeah, so that's interesting. And you've worked with a lot of these students. I'm wondering what what are some of the strengths you see in these students? So they they might have to, you know, combat some of these issues, but to get to university and through university. But what is what about Ibachikinda as positive and different from perhaps other students? When there are many different experiences and backgrounds together, like anyone can basically learn from the others who are there, who are bringing in perspectives that might be new to another person. And also, I'd say it's the understanding of a lot of different life realities. There is often a difference between the experiences they had before attending university and they are students for a while, then they graduated college. So that's, in my opinion, highly valuable, of course, for society in the workplace at universities. I would say also competence that is basically established due to the fact that there is no one who already did the same in the family. So basically, they learned a lot on the way. Also, how to overcome challenges. I would also say empathy regarding like the situation of others and also courage because, well, otherwise they would probably not have ended up at university in the first place, even when they are very gifted and talented students. Even when people who are the first to attend university, there are still differences, I'd say. There is a difference between being first gen to college and first generation low income to college. Being first gen and low income is still a lot more difficult. Those students often, they had to face, unfortunately, a lot more also discrimination when they were students in high school, for example. And I mean, being first gen is still, of course, challenging. But being first gen low income is even more challenging, I would say. That makes sense. I think I'm glad that you that you brought up that point and you've brought up all of these points based on your experiences and directly working with a group of students and and then seeing all these things up close and experiencing it to at least some extent yourself, everything that we've spoken about. So it's been great to have your perspective today, Yvonne. And I want to wrap up by asking you a final question, which we ask all of our guests, which was, is who was someone particularly influential in your higher education journey? Well, actually, I would say that's more than one, so to speak. It often um, is. <laughs> <laughs> I would say basically anyone who somehow was part of the journey. And I would say especially the Arbeiterkin community, but also the community of um, Friedrich Ebert Foundation, because that was actually where we received the scholarship, offered opportunities to learn to grow as a person. That's wonderful. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for all of your work with Abatekind Day, of course, uh, and for sharing your experiences with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. If you liked what you listened to on this bonus episode of Thesis today, please follow the podcast and feel free to leave us a rating or a comment. Links to relevant work by our guests and their contact information are always found in the show notes. Today's thesis episode does not take position on the issues discussed on the podcast. Opinions expressed on this episode are solely those of the guests or hosts. This podcast is produced and edited by Ekaterina Karinska, Ayla Rubenstein, Tracy Waldman, Kelly Davis, and Maria Angeles Hidalgo. Original music is produced by Petter Strom. Thanks for listening to Thesis. 
We'll talk to you next time.